should have worn my leather pants. I'm just saying. All right, I'm ready to testify. I'm ready to testify. All right, is perhaps you have committed adultery. Perhaps you have lied to your mother or your father about something that just broke their heart open. Perhaps you have cheated on your taxes, not once, but more than once. Perhaps you lie about whether you cheat on your taxes. Perhaps you have stolen money from someone who would have lent it to you anyway. Perhaps you have broken something, physical or emotional, belonging to someone else and refused to take responsibility for it. Perhaps you have betrayed your own body, damaging yourself with self-loathing in the form of drugs and alcohol or other forms of self-abuse. Perhaps you have cheated people who have given to you generously of your time and attention and affection. Perhaps you're not altogether present doing the work you're paid to do and are stealing from your employer, so to speak. Perhaps you lie. Little lies, because it makes it easier today. Big lies, because it makes it easier tomorrow. Lies to other people, lies to yourself. Perhaps you like looking better on the outside than you are feeling on the inside. Perhaps you like looking more spiritual on the outside than you are actually on the inside. I'm hearing lots of amens. You can just shut up. This is my testimony. This is my testifying. Get your own testimony. All right, this is my word, and here I'm going to tell you this. My testimony is, this may be performative, but that was not a performance. My testimony is this. God knows all that about me and more already. And here's the real testimony. God loves me and couldn't love me more. Amen. Last season of our spiritual uh, themes, we were doing uh, practicing our faith. Right now we're doing naked spirituality, and I hope you're liking it because we're getting naked spiritually, and I'm already starting off good, don't you think? All right, there we go. Getting naked spiritually is where we're at right now, but what we were doing just a little bit ago was practicing our faith, and we were discussing a variety of practices, and one of them that we discussed on Wednesday night was the practice of testimony. It's important when we talk about testify, what we're talking about is bringing a word of truth that bears hope in its wake. A word of truth that bears hope in its wake. It's not just getting up here and talking. And it's not doing Jerry Springer stuff. <laughs> Dumping. 
just vomiting, showing yourselves how ugly we can get together. We already know all that. <laughs> Testifying is a practice of speaking the truth so that we can be encouraged as we make our walk together. And so all those things that I just said, all of which are true, the most important thing is the last thing that comes from the first thing, and in case you're lost, God loves me more than I can imagine and knows all that stuff about me already. Here's the catch. It's not easy to get there to know that. And there's a lot of stuff that stands in the way. Nothing stands in the way more seriously and enduringly than our own inability to believe that's possible and true. My first experience of having this breakthrough is something that I would call my moment of amazing grace. You know, amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a rich like me. I once was lost, and now I am found. I was blind, but now I see. Amazing Grace is one of the most popular hymns, songs of the Spirit of all time. If you spend time researching this testimony song, you would find that there are studies that show that there are whole peoples that embrace this song who do not necessarily follow the Christian practice or tradition, but relate to these words anyway. You didn't have to be part of the culture from which it came in order to hear a truth about what it is to be a human being in the words. All around the globe, in all cultures and countries, there are people who sing those words, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And they find themselves and a word of hope in it. So my amazing grace moment, one of many, because I keep falling, was a number of years ago, and I was about one week without a drink or a drug in my body. And that was the longest time I had gone up until that point for the past 14 years prior without a drink or a drug in my body, trying to shut off what I knew, what I felt, what I was. And here I was one week into this raw wakefulness, and I was invited by some people who were a little ahead of me on that path to what they called a birthday party. I thought, how nice, because I surely am not hanging out with the folks I used to be hanging out with. So I'll go to this birthday party. So I go on up, I park my car, I get out, and there's an apartment complex, and I'm not exactly sure where to go, and I'm looking a little confused walking through there, and I hear someone address me from the second floor outside an open door. He said, you lost? 
And I looked up and I saw a man who seemed old and crusty at the time. He was probably about as old as I am right now. <laughs> seemed old and crusty and he was standing at this open door. And I said, yes, I'm here for a birthday party. He looked inside and he looked out of me and said, ain't nobody here but us washed up losers and bimbos. Come on in. Can you imagine? He didn't even know me. And I looked about like that. And he started laughing. Laughing. Laughing really loud. He said, come on in. You're a liar, a cheat, and a thief just like the rest of us. Come on in. I was highly offended. Did I say I was highly offended? <laughs> you see, he seemed to be very insensitive to the reality, making light of the situation that I found myself in. Did he not realize that I was a very good person, a very fine individual who was doing my best under very adverse circumstances? Did he not understand that my life was falling apart? Everything I knew was falling down around me. My job, they were calling at me out. They were being very unfair. My relationships were being twisted and destroyed. People just don't know how to do right by each other these days. The me that I knew and the life I expected, absolutely crashing all around me. And here he was, making light of my situation, not realizing what a fine human being I am who just happened to be encountering some difficult circumstances. Yeah, that's my partner laughing back there. Our gospel reading for today comes from the gospel according to Mark. It is a small section that is often referred to as the little apocalypse. Apocalypse, when things are falling down all around you. Also known as revelation, when things are being revealed to you also known as the light shining in the places that have been all blocked off. Shattering allows the light in. This little apocalypse is the longest speech that Jesus offers in the gospel according to Mark. And he offers it to the disciples. Unlike how we may have heard these words before, Jesus did not speak them to the masses. These were not big predictions offered to the world. No, Jesus was gathered with his disciples, his friends, that he had a close relationship with, people he had been making the journey with for a while. And he called them in and said, here, let me tell you something. If you want to go any further with me, it's important that you understand this. Jesus was talking to people with whom he had a relationship and saying, 
if you want to go further with me. It is important that you understand this. The world as you know it is going to fall apart around you. The relationships that make up the world you're in will become infected, distorted, and torn apart. The things that you think define you from the culture that you're in will no longer apply. They will be obliterated. Everything you think you know and says who you are and what the world you live in looks like is going to fall away. And it doesn't matter whether you're faithful or not. It's still going to happen. He says, listen carefully. When this occurs, there will be voices from the outside who are going to try and tell you what's what. They're going to try and tell you what your judgment is. And they're going to try and tell you what will save you. Listen inside. Don't be led astray. He says, when this happens all around you, <laughs> pay attention to what you know in here because it's all going to be okay. It just doesn't look like it right now. You see, this speech that he gives comes on the tail of his walking out with the disciples through the temple. We're talking a magnificent, incredibly beautiful, huge, and very holy structure. The people of his time believed that was where you met God. Surely, that must be where you meet God, because it was so big and beautiful and incredible. And the disciple says, look, Jesus, look at these beautiful stones. Look at these beautiful buildings. How big, how wonderful. Isn't this amazing? And Jesus says, it is all going to fall apart. It's all going to fall apart. All those big stones built on top of each other, creating this temple of holiness. This temple of holiness where you can walk in and hold a whole bunch of stuff all around you and say, here I am, God. It's all going to fall away. He says, those stones that you carry, you know the stones I'm talking about. Those big, beautiful stones of good works. Those big, beautiful stones of right answers those big, beautiful stones of proving who you are, that you build up into that gorgeous temple that says, I am a Christian. It's all going to fall apart. You know those stones, those stones that you build one on top of another, creating a great big wall that you can stand behind so that people can't see 
I'm not really like I'm supposed to be. You know, that wall that keeps us apart from others and the truth of ourselves, they're all going to fall apart. He says, you know those stones that you bring, that you laid down in the living waters, building a dam because you don't want to feel the feelings that come from the truth that every single one of you has betrayed yourself and another. Welcome to the human race. You know, those stones that we build up trying to hide from our regret and our truth and the lie that we somehow have to prove our worthiness to ourselves and to God by erecting false fronts, walls, dams, temples, somehow to show on the outside our relationship with God. He says they're all going to fall down. And it's going to look like disaster, and the whole world is coming to an end. And behold, this is the beginning of the birth pangs. This is the beginning of being born again. This is the beginning of returning to who you really are. You see, that's the thing about it, right? We fall and we fail. We lie, we cheat, we steal. We be human, but we suffer from this illusion that God doesn't know. Or if God knew the full of it, we'd be rejected. Or at the very least, we're already rejected by God, but we're not going to let you know, so we'll just cover up that fact and act like that's not really the case, and we'll make it very nice on the outside so that you at least will believe that I am loved by God, even if I don't. And why? Because in our human striving, we come face to face with this very hard thing which is we suffer so frequently from this profound lie, which is, I believe that it's what I do that brings me into worthiness or out of worthiness with God. That way I'm afraid of singing that word, amazing grace, how great the sound that saved a wretch like me. I'm afraid of the word wretch. Why? Because I'm afraid that it describes who I am instead of what I do. I'm afraid of saying the word sinner. I have been for a long time because I didn't understand. I thought it was a word that was meant to describe who I am, and it's not. I am a child of God. And sometimes, because I'm human, I sin. Let me get this clear with you all. You are children of God. And sometimes, because you're human, you fail yourself, 
your God and others. And that pain that we bear in here because of that universal reality that we think we need to hide from ourselves and everybody else is the rock that we carry. And it's the rock that gets in the way when God says, I created you to dance, dance. And you say, I can't. My arms are full of rocks. And God says, I created you to love, embrace each other. I can't. My arms are full of rocks. And God says, I created you to paint. Paint. I can't. I created you to heal. I can't. I created you to fly. I can't. I created you to lift the light of my love before others. Beloved one, you have to drop the rock. You have to drop the rock. Find your way back to who you are, fully human and fully graced. It is not that you won't sin or don't sin. You do and you will. It is that that does not define you. My grace defines you. I created you human. It is not a surprise to me, God says, when the mirror shatters. What I'm asking you to do is to be free of the burden. Lay it down. Because it isn't until we know what we need to be saved from that we can experience grace. Don't you think it's hysterical? We talk about grace all the time, but I don't really need it. I'm not going to let myself feel it because the doorway I'd have to walk through is the place where I am most pained by the ways I haven't been who I know I most truly am. Where we hold the rock of regret and remorse on our hearts is exactly the place that tells us who we truly are. We are not the betrayer. We are the faithful one who fell. We are not the violent one. We are the peacemaker who was afraid. We are not the angry one or the sad one with no words. We're human. That's all we are. Holy, beloved children of God. Unless you think I'm talking about dropping the rock in a theoretical way. I'm going to share with you something that changes my life. A very simple process of laying it down. Here is what I did to you. I spoke that word without thinking. I didn't honor my commitment. I betrayed your trust. And here's how I believe it may have hurt you. You think I might not love you. You're not sure if you can depend on me. You were alone when you needed me. 
And here's what I wish I could have done instead. I wish I could have stood by you. I wish I could have said no when I didn't. I wish I could have stand firm when I didn't. Because when I say those words, I let you know who I really am, even if I couldn't be me in that moment. And I let you know who I know you deserve to have before you, even if I couldn't be that then. And then I say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Here is what I can do in the future. It's a very simple and powerful way that we can say sorry and drop the rock. Not simply because we should, but because in that we are returned to the truth of who we are, children of God, who occasionally are liars, cheats, and thieves. Come on in. It's a birthday party. Happy birthday.